Hello, I'm Ren Ferguson. I'm one of the ministers here at the Collinsville Troy Church of Christ, and I am glad that you have come back to continue our study of the book of 1 Corinthians. Yesterday, we were able to look at uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 11, where he begins this discussion about the arrogance of the Corinthians in relation to their spiritual gifts. And as we noted yesterday, Kind of his, his main point in those verses was the fact that all of the gifts that they had, they received from God, so they really had no need to boast. But in the last part of this chapter, in verses 12, going all the way down through verse uh, 31, he is continuing to address this, but he uses some analogies to make this point, uh, specifically talking about the fact that, that we are all part of the same body. And so we'll begin there in verse 12, where he says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. Again, using a physical example to draw that illustration of, of the point that he is trying to make. Just like with our physical bodies, we have very different parts of our body. We have arms, legs, we have heart, lungs, kidneys, uh, liver, whatever it may be. We have all of these different parts that function very differently, but they together constitute our entire body. And he is saying, as he says there at the end of verse 12, so it is with Christ. Again, you have to keep in, con in mind the context of this, that arrogance that the Corinthians were exhibiting because of these spiritual gifts. He's his, his first point was, you received all of these gifts from God to begin with. Now, his second point is, is you don't need to be arrogant because we are all part of the same body. Just because some people have different roles than others doesn't make them less important. And that's going to be his main point throughout the rest of the chapter. He says in verse 13, For in the one Spirit we are all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of the one Spirit. For the one body does not consist of one member, but of many. Again, drawing that, that idea of that unity, even as he says in verse 13, For in one Spirit we are all baptized into one body. The Spirit, of course, revealed to them what it was that they needed to do in order to be saved. And because of that revelation... They obeyed the gospel, and they were baptized into one body, that body being the body of Christ, as we see in numerous passages such as Ephesians chapter 1 and verses 22 and 23, Ephesians 4 and verse 4, and so on. So he's saying, for by one spirit, first of all, they received these gifts, but also it is by that one spirit they received the knowledge of the truth, and were baptized in into Christ, and they, because of that, were all made one body. Again, verse 14, For the body does not consist of the one member, but of many. Verse 15, If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. 
If we were all a single member, where would the body be? Now, I want to stop right here because he says some some interesting things. And again, the context of this is that miraculous ability, these different gifts that they had, kind of going along with that idea of, well, maybe maybe somebody, if you if we back up to what we looked at uh, yesterday, maybe somebody there in verse 8 has the gift of wisdom, but somebody else has the gift of knowledge. Somebody else has the gift of prophecy and so on. His point is, is though someone may have the gift of wisdom, they, they shouldn't look at someone who has the gift of prophecy and think, well, because I can't prophesy, then I'm just not as good. I'm not as important as they are. That's his point. We're all a part of the same body. Each person uh, serves a very vital function, just like the individual parts of our bodies. Though they are very different, though they serve very different roles, they are extremely vital to our existence. Applying that for us today, because we'll look at it when we get to chapter 13, the miraculous age has ended. Applying this idea and this principle to us today, well, because I'm not an elder, I'm not any good. Because I'm not an elder, I, I don't matter. My, my work and the things that I do is just not, a, not important because I don't serve in that one particular role. Or because I'm not a preacher. Uh, because I'm not a preacher, you know, my, my work is just not as, as good. What I do is just not as important because I don't serve in that role or, or a deacon or because I, I don't do very well with song leading or whatever it may be. That doesn't make us, as Paul says here, that doesn't make us any less a part of the body, as he says in verse 15. Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. We all have different roles to be played, and we should not look at other people who play different roles and think because we don't play that role, because we don't fulfill that role, that we ourselves are, are worthless. And I think that's kind of the point that Paul was making here. Everybody, no matter what the role we play is, is extremely important. And his point here is, is that if everybody served in that one role, who is going to do all of these other jobs? Who is going, if everybody served as an elder, who perhaps is going to serve as, as a preacher or as a deacon? Who else is going to serve in those other vital areas? And his point is, of course, there wouldn't be any which is why we need to all fulfill these roles. And then in verse 21, he says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. So now, now he's kind of addressing it from the opposite side. The first point that he was making is, is I can't look at somebody else in the role that they play and say, well, I just don't matter because I'm not doing what such and such is doing. Now he's, he's playing it from the opposite perspective. I'm a preacher, and I can't look at somebody who doesn't get up in the pulpit and say that they're less important than I am because they don't do the same thing that I do. He's, he's addressing it from both sides of, of the coin here. The eye can't say to the hand, you're worthless, I don't need you, get out of here. 
because the hand is still absolutely necessary. In fact, as he says in verse 22, on the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care uh, for one another. Continuing there in uh, verse 26, he says, If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honor, honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church the kind of the idea of what, what I was just talking about. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating in various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you still a more excellent way. Paul, again, especially, I like what he says there in verses 28 and 29, not everyone fulfills every single one of these roles. Not everyone is an apostle. Not everyone in the context of this is is a prophet. Not everyone could work miracles, but that didn't mean that those who failed to fulfill those roles, or didn't fail, but but didn't fulfill those roles, were any less important than those who did. And so Paul, in this chapter, in the entirety of this chapter, is, is correcting that arrogance that the Corinthians had again started to, to practice, started to have that attitude that they had that because I can perform miracles or because I have wisdom or because I can prophesy, I'm better than everybody else around me. And he, of course, addresses that by saying, no, you're not, because everybody received these gifts from God anyways. And no, you're not, because everybody in the body of Christ serves a vital role, whatever that may be. Therefore, we can't boast against one another. We cannot elevate ourselves above anyone else. Because no matter what the role is that is being played, we are all extremely important to the work and to the service of, of the church. Uh, but that's the end of chapter 12. Uh, we'll pick up in chapter 13. And this is, this is an extremely important chapter here in chapter 13, especially the second half of it. Uh, that's really important. As I mentioned, I think it was earlier in this session, that that the miraculous age has has now ended. And the reason we know that is because of what Paul talks about in this next chapter. And so, uh, if you will, come back tomorrow and tune in. And we will start looking at this, at this great chapter uh, that deals with love and, and some other things as well. But if you will tune in and come back, uh, that would be greatly appreciated. But I thank you so much for your time and for your attention.